Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 3070. 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com. Send messages to the show on Twitter. At go for again, G O F O R I T G A N T. Also, hit me up on the website, go for again sports.com, as we talk sports and have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by former Virginia Tech defensive end Kenny Canham. And Ken will talk about the upcoming NFL draft. What, 20 days away out there in the beautiful city? Of Philadelphia. So Kenny Canham's going to be joining us. Also, former NBA player Gary Trent will be joining us. Going to be a pleasure talking to him. Gary played 10 seasons in the NBA. Uh, His son, Gary Trent Jr., now has committed to Duke University. He's a big time prospect. A lot of people are expecting big time things out of him. So we're going to talk to Gary Trent about that, get his thoughts on. What's going on in the National Basketball Association? More importantly, what's going on with that MVP situation? And we'll talk to him about that. So as we go through this hour, obviously Kenny Canham, obviously Gary Trent Sr. But we're also going to talk about the NBA. We're going to get to what's going on, Westbrook, Harden, and you know who's going to win the MVP. What's going on in the Eastern Conference with LeBron and them. And the Cavaliers, they they sent a huge message the other night to the Boston Celtics. We're going to talk about that. So we got a lot to get to. But let's start with LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball has been talking and talking and, oh, by the way, talking some more. But LeVar Ball has some interesting things to say about Lonzo's teammates, UCLA teammates. a few guys who started, who guys, a few guys who were in the starting lineup for UCLA. Oh, LeVar said, quote, realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow. Those are the words of LeVar Ball. And he has to be talking about TJ Leaf, Thomas Welsh, and Bryce Hart, Alfred, excuse me. I mean, <laughs> LeVar, 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 talks too much. He should just be quiet at this point. He's just saying too much. And I know, you know, Lonzo said, you know, this is the way my daddy's always been. But now 
and I know Lonzo said the biggest difference is now there's a camera in front of his face. So because there's a camera in front of his face, he might have to switch this thing up a little bit. He did try to clarify those comments. Uh, he talked to ESPN 710. He said, quote, I'm not saying I don't like the white guys and we lost because of them. No, that's how they twisted it up. I don't know how you twist it any different way, uh, LeVar. But anyway, he went on to say, I love Bryce because he's Alford's son, meaning Steve Alford's son, and he's always been nice to me. He also said TJ Lee, Zoe's friend, always nice and respectful. Thomas Welsh, one, one of their most intelligent players, very nice and, res and respectful, excuse me. But like I said, they're going to do their thing, and we're going to do our thing. So don't wear your feelings on your sleeve and think it's a direct punch at you guys because it's not. He went on to say, I blame one person every time they lose, and it's the same person all the time. It's my son. He's at the head of the front, and I blame him regardless if he had 20 points, excuse me, 30 points and 20 assists. It doesn't matter. It's already been said. Like he said, he didn't make enough plays for his team to win. Bar, please stop. I mean, I, I know, you know, there have been reports that, hey, you got a reality TV show possibly in the works. You know, I, I know that could be out there. But you got to stop right now, man. I mean, you're, you're just talking just a little too much. The other stuff was funny. The other stuff was cool. You know, I get it. I understand it. You're going hard for your son. You should say your son. You should expect or, or you know, ride with your son. Maybe you think your son's the best in the world. I mean, there's nothing wrong with thinking that. That's probably something you don't verbalize. Because at the end of the day, there ain't no way Lonzo Ball is better than Russell Westbrook. There ain't no way Lonzo Ball is better than LeBron James. There ain't no way Lonzo Ball is better than Steph Curry. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. We can keep going and going and flowing. At this point, Lonzo Ball ain't better than Isaiah Thomas. It's just not. We don't know what Lonzo Ball is. He ain't better than James Harden. He ain't better than Anthony Davis. He ain't better than DeMar DeRozan. He ain't better than Dame Lillard. Not at this point, not at this time. He ain't better than Kawhi Leonard. He ain't better than those guys. So he can say all he wants. And I get it. I understand it. But at some point, at some time, you, you got to be quiet. You, you, you just say, and I know you like the attention. We all love attention. We, we all love it. But at some point, at some time, man, you got to say to yourself, enough is enough. You got to say to yourself, it's time to be quiet because you're saying too much. And it's time for him to, 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 to figure that out. It, it's time. He, he said what he needed to say. He said a lot. Now it's time to say a little, meaning nothing at this point. Because you, you, you're just not helping your son. And it's becoming more and more about LeVar 
and less and less about Lonzo. Now, again, maybe this is all part of a big master plan that LeVar Ball has to, A, get that reality TV show, you know, B, just build the ball brand in general. I mean, maybe it's just a part of the plan. Maybe this is just his idea, his way of, you know, just furthering the cause. I don't know. But I do know this. LeVar is probably talking just a smidge too much. And this, his latest comments, just rubs people the wrong way. It, it just does. And, and it's not something that should be verbalized. It's something he probably should have just kept to himself. Even if it was true, even if what LeVar said happened to be true, that you can't win a title with three white guys as the starters, as starters. Maybe even if it was true, it's going to sound like and it's going to come off in poor taste. It's just the way it goes. So LeVar, hopefully this is the time where you just shut it up, be quiet, move forward, and make this less about you and more about your son, Lonzo Ball, who you made some news himself the other day when he said, you know what? I don't have to be the number one pick in the draft. All I need is to be drafted by the Lakers. I don't have to be the number one pick. Just let, them, just make sure the Lakers draft me. That's it. I mean, <laughs> he's got to be quiet too. Or maybe, you know, because there's a good possibility, hey, Lakers might not even have their number one pick if they fall outside the top three picks. That pick goes to the Philadelphia 76ers at that point. So, Lonzo, just shut it. Quiet. You and your daddy, y'all talking too much. Time to be quiet. There's there's a time for everything. And now is the time for Lonzo Ball. More so LeVar than Lonzo, but it's time for both of them to, to shut it at this point. Be quiet and move forward. That's it. So, we'll see. But, I mean, he he's just talking a little too much. Just a little too much. Just a smidge too much. Shut it, LeVar! Keep quiet! Tired of hearing. But he, he does move the needle. LeVar... When, when when people see LeVar, people listen, people watch, people stop what they're doing and watch. I don't know about all that. But people do watch. But anyway, forget LeVar Ball. Tonight in Phoenix, history could be made. History probably will be made, whether it's in Phoenix or elsewhere. Russell Westbrook has an opportunity to break 
the triple doubles record, single season triple doubles record held by the great Oscar Robertson, who did it last 61 62, where, you know, he averaged a triple double. By the way, he didn't even win the MVP that year. But anyway, but he had a big time year, obviously. And Russell Westbrook is having a big time year, obviously. And Russell Westbrook, right now, he's the reason. OKC is 45 and 33. I mean, OKC, when they lost Kevin Durant, no one expected this basketball team to be in the position that they're in at this point. No one expected that. But they're here, and they have an opportunity. They're going to probably play the Houston Rockets, so that should be fun. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, Tom. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's not Rocky. That's called brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. We're about to bring in a guy now. Preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. Right around the corner out there in the beautiful city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This guy hopes to be hopes to hear his name, whether it's April 27th, April 28th, or April 29th. This man hopes to hear his name. We're going to bring him in now, former Virginia Tech defensive end, Kenny Cannon. Ken. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, sir? Good, good, man. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And Ken, let's get right down to it. You had your pro day a few weeks ago. You did drop your 40 time from the combine, which was good. But all in all, how'd that pro day turn out for you? Uh, it went really well, um, better than I expected. You know, I got to improve on some of my times that I think I, I thought I could improve on from the combine. So I was I was pleased with that. And, then um, you know, I talked to a few scouts. So, um you know, overall, felt really good about my uh, my performance at the pro day. What was your goal going into the pro day? Um, you know, the forty time, I I I was really disappointed in uh, um, at the combine, so I really wanted to um, you know cut down on that, and um, you know, again the four sevens, uh, you know, and you know, I've you know I previously went during my training, I ran like a high four six, so I was kind of shooting for that, so. Um, you know, I was kind of pleased with running the mid, the mid four sevens, um, as opposed to the high four eights. So, um, pleased with that. 
and um, you know I did I did pretty well in the field drills. So um, I was just pleased with my performance overall, though. So what kind of feedback did you get? Um, they like they liked how I could be um, you know versatile playing. They could see me. A lot of scouts said they could see me playing outside linebacker, and they said I could move I could move well in space. So. Um, that was probably the main feedback, and they were uh, they were happy I, I was able to cut down on my 40 time. For sure. So you were an NFL Combine invite, and, you know, obviously there's a lot going on at the NFL Combine, a lot that goes into the NFL Combine. But how would you describe your Combine experience? Um, you know, it's, it's pretty hectic at first because, you mean – once you get there, you check in the hotel, and then they immediately ship you over to the hospital to do run about a bunch of medical tests and all that. So, um, and then you're busy until basically eleven, eleven thirty at night, and then you wake up at four o'clock, and it all starts over again. So, um, you're just constantly doing stuff for the whole four days, and um, you know it's hectic, but um, it's a pretty, it's a really great experience and, um, you know, not something I would want to do again, but, um, I'm glad I experienced it and, uh, you know, um, have, uh, I had, I had some fun at the big interview though. Why, why would you want to, how come you would not want to do it again? <laughs> no, I mean, like it was, it, it was just a lot of stuff, you know, you're just, okay. you're just constantly doing stuff, you know, on the medical side and, and all right. that it's, um, you know, people just pro- picking and probing at you. For the first two days, but the late, the late, the later two days were um, more enjoyable. You know, okay. you got to do um, a little bit more testing and all that, so it was more enjoyable. <laughs> so the whole experience was it what you expected? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was what I expected. You know, you hear some horror stories, but um, it was, it was a lot, of spe- a lot better than I expected. Okay. We're talking to former. Virginia Tech defensive end, Kenny Canham. Obviously, you get asked a lot of questions at the combine. You get asked a lot of questions during pro days. And quite frankly, you get asked a lot of questions during this whole process. But what was the craziest question that you got during the combine? Um, I didn't get any crazy, really, like, bizarre ones. But, I mean, there's one there's one uh, team that asked me a bunch of questions. And, you know, those they were literally right right when I'm being in the middle of an answer, they'll fire off another one. And one of them just threw me off because I wasn't thinking. They just just thought like, "What name all the AFC um, playoff teams?" And you know, I couldn't, I wasn't able to think about it right on top of my head. But that kind of like froze me. But I didn't get any bizarre ones, or you know, that I've I've heard like circling around on Twitter. But um, yeah, that's probably the most one that just threw me off the most. Okay. <laughs> so, you are a Virginia kid. You grew up in Virginia. Then you went to Virginia Tech. Yes, but who was your favorite team growing up, NFL-wise? NFL? Um, it, was between, it was a toss-up between Redskins and the Ravens. Okay. So, you were rooting for both teams? Um, more, more, more the Ravens. I mean, Redskins were like literally 20, their practice facility was 20 minutes away from my home. So I grew up, you know, just being around that area, but my grandparents were a big Ravens fan. So they, they kind of rubbed off on me and, you know, having Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and, you know, Terrell Suggs and on that defense was, um, now I really looked up to, to those guys and, 
you know, they're very exciting to watch, and especially with, um, you know, they had great stable of coaches, um, you know, Rex Ryan, John Harbaugh, and um, they're just, I mean, it was, they were just really exciting to watch, and you know, especially when they made that Super Bowl run. So um, just growing up, I was more of a bigger um, Ravens fan than Redskins, but, you know, always rooting for the home team as well. So what would it mean for you? Obviously, it would mean a lot for you for any team to call that name, but what would it mean to you if the Redskins or the Ravens called your name? I mean, I think it'd be pretty awesome, you know, playing for you know on your own, on the turf and you know being around my family and friends and you know just having that um, you know those guys supporting me basically in my backyard. So um, and you know having them come out to my games to support me. So I mean, it'd be it'd be very surreal, um, you know, just be. I mean, ultimately, ultimately uh, dream come true. We're talking to former Virginia Tech defensive end, Kenny Canham. So you talked about it earlier, but on the next level, how do you see yourself? 4-3 DN, 3-4 pass rushing linebacker. Uh, you know, how do you see yourself? Um, I mean, any, anything that gets me um, going towards the quarterback, I mean, you put me in a pass rushing situation in regards of the scheme, I was wondering how to quarterback in. You know, I feel like I can fit in any scheme. Um, you know, I can. I, I don't have no problem putting on weight. You know, I played as high as 275, and I was played as low as 245, and, you know, I feel comfortable at either um, weight. So, wherever, whatever team wants to put me in I'll, and plug me in, I'll be able to adapt uh, to their scheme. Do you prefer 275 or 245? Uh, uh, Lifestyle-wise, 245. Okay. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But um, no, but I mean, I like I like playing uh, around like two sixty, and um, okay. you know, just being able to feel a little bit lighter. So, what's your greatest asset as a football player? Um, I would say um, I, I mean, I just love studying film. You know, I like breaking down teams, and um, you know, just getting their tendencies. And this past season, I did a really great job of just you know, just really being a film nerd and and just. You know, writing down all the stats and the their tendencies in certain formations, or um, like d- uh, depending on the level of the back too. So, um, you know, I think I just I'm just that's just me. Just my first year actually like getting into the film. The prior years I wasn't I didn't spend that much time in the film room, and this year I did, and it really paid off. So um, I'm really excited going forward and seeing how that uh, helps me progress as a player. So you essentially became a student of the game. So on the next level, or just in general, is there a, an NFL player that you kind of modeled your game after? Um, I would say, yeah, I, like, picked a few pieces from, you know, each person, you know. Um, you know, I, I'd, I always heard Ed Reed was, uh, you know, lived in the film room and had, you know, over 20 hours a week of just watching film, so. And I love the way how he approached the game along his, I mean, alongside of Ray Lewis. So, and then, you know, from a pass rushing standpoint, I mean, you kind of, I kind of just pick and choose from all the great pass rushers in the league. Try to pick something that they, they do really well. Like, you know, Cameron Wake has a really good lean to it, um, okay. to his game and, like, plays a lot of leverage. So, um, growing up in high school, I, I used to uh, try to simulate his, uh, his pass rush moves and, Along with Tom Bahali, um and and with his teammate on uh, Houston, so um, you know Von Miller's first step is kind of out of the world, but out of this world. But you know, I was kind of try 
pick it here and there from all the great pass rushers in the league. So you are Nigerian. How often or when's the last time you've been back to Nigeria? Um, I was. It was in eighth grade and over the summer. That was the last time. Um, okay. I've been in uh, five times. So, but that was all the right. last time. So it was probably eight years ago. But my dad currently lives over there. Okay. So are you looking to go to Nigeria at some point, at some time? Yeah, once once, once things slow down, you know, um, and I haven't had that much time to right. go over there once football, once I picked up football. But, um, you know, once I have some little bit of freedom and uh, know my schedule for sure, I definitely want to go over there for, uh, you know, a couple or a few weeks, you know, and uh, just visit with all my family over there. For sure. We're talking to former Virginia Tech defensive end, Kenny Canna. So obviously you had the combine, you had the pro day. What's next for you in terms of this draft process? You know, just, I mean, right now I'm currently just working out at Virginia Tech and, you know, patiently waiting on, um, you know, come draft day, you know, and just, um, you know, be with my uh, family and friends and, you know, just hoping to get my name called on one of those three days. And what are you hearing in terms of getting your name called? Is it a situation where you could be drafted late? Is it a situation where you might have to go, you know, the undrafted free agency route? What are you hearing? Um, you know, I've heard all sorts of things, you know, from being mid-round to late and, uh, you know, um, the possibility of being undrafted, but you know, either way, I'll still be motivated. And you know, and later I get picked, the the more fuel it, it uh they give me. So um, you know, I'm excited just for a new beginning. You know, and play and um, keep pursuing my dream. End of the day, why should any yep. NFL team give Kenny Canham a chance in the National Football League? And like like I said earlier, you know, I'm a student of the game, and you know, I just believe um, I'm not. I haven't even reached my my like my full potential yet as a football player. So, you know, as I'm progressing, I'm you know, falling more and more in love with the game. You know, as you know, as you know, I'm used, I'm just used to being a part of spring ball right now, and you know, I'm kind of just itching to get out that uh, back on the field, and you know, just. This has been a lifelong dream since I was five years old. I always wanted to be a football player and play professionally. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't wait to share with the coaches that what I got. Sounds good. So, fans, follow this man's journey on Twitter at eCannibal. That's eCannibal, E-K-A-A-N-N-I-B-A-L. And support all the great things going on with former Virginia Tech defensive end. Kenny Cannon. Ken, absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Would love to do it again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Yeah, you too. Kenny Cannon, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, 20 days away, and a lot of people's lives will be changed forever. So let's go to the NBA. Um, Russell Westbrook, he's going to break Oscar Robertson's record 
it's about just a matter of time. He's got five games left. It might happen tonight. If it don't happen tonight, it might happen another night. But if it don't happen tonight, he got four more shots to do it. And just based off of what he's done, I mean, he's had a triple-double for more than half of the games. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to happen barring anything crazy. So he's going to get that record. Then you got James Harden. And these guys are the two MVP candidates. James Harden, uh, just a huge year. Put the ball in his hands, and he did wonders, but a huge year for James Harden. 11 uh, assists, 29 points per game, eight rebounds. I mean, he's done it all, did it all. And now his Rockets, you know, they're the third seed in the Western Conference, 53 wins. And that's going to bode well in terms of James Harden's MVP case. That's going to, you know, that definitely helps his case. But I really think there's no way you can not give it to Russell Westbrook. I mean, he did something that has not been done in 50-plus years. I just, I don't know how you not give it to him. I get it. Okay, his team, you know, doesn't have one of the better records in basketball. I get it. The MVP usually goes to a player who ha- whose team has one of the best records in basketball. I get it. But this is history. And it's not like his team stinks. Six seed in the Western Conference. They don't stink. Do they beat the Rockets in the first round? Who they are scheduled to play at this point and probably will play at this point? It's going to be a tall order. But they're not, they don't get there. They don't sniff it without Russell Westbrook. But we'll get to that in a moment. When we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, former NBA player Gary Trent. You're listening to Go Forward on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can kept married women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that rock. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for it. BlogTalkRadio.com. Paul getting here talking sports, having fun doing it. About to bring in a guy now. Played ten seasons in the NBA, has some success in the bat in in the NBA, and right now, his son is you know committed to Duke. His son Gary Trent Jr. is doing some big time things and is a big time prospect. Let's bring him in now. Former NBA player Gary Trent. Gary. <laughs> 
Hello, man. How you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's get right down to it now. Let's let's start with your son. Your your son, Gary Trent Jr., committed to Duke, big time prospect, you know, highly touted prospect. What is the plan for him? Is it a one and done situation? You know, we take it one step at a time, you know, so we don't really I don't put that type of pressure on my son and he really doesn't put that type of pressure on himself because when you know you always want to look into the future and look ahead but when you get too far ahead it's hard to focus and dominate and capitalize on the moment that you're in so you know he just wants to wrap up his high school you know he's got the Jordan game he just left McDonald's last week today we're in Portland he's playing in the Hoop Summit game he's got the Jordan game next week and uh He's going to be able to uh, play in Allen Iverson. He's having his first uh, round ball classic. That's something like a Jordan game. He's trying to get it to that level. So, you know, by the end of April, he'll be done with all of his all-star games, trying to graduate from high school. And his next step will be to come home after graduation. We'll work out for a few weeks. And then he'll go to the second session of summer school at Duke. And, you know, depending on how your season goes and, you know, things of that nature, that'll be a conversation once you are toward the end of your freshman year and depending on, you know, the feedback we get from people and hear from people and how your season goes, then, you know, we'll put that into consideration. But, you know, you haven't even gotten your high school diploma yet right. to be talking about you're going to be a one and done. That's, that's just that's just stretching your, your, your focus too far. You know, we like to keep this focus, you know, in the moment. And, you know, that's your dream and that's what you want in your future. But we need to keep you focused on this moment. So let me ask you this. What do you feel like is the ceiling for your son? There is none. There's footprints on the moon, so there is no ceiling. <laughs> so you yeah, feel like man. you feel like he could be a big time player? Very much so. I've been training my son all his life. I know his spirit. I know his work ethic. And probably the best thing about my son's game is he loves the process of improving and working on it. And that's why you will always continue to get better. And that's why you will always be a certain level player because you enjoy that. You want to do that. You wake up to do that. You look forward to doing that. So as long as you keep that spirit and mindset, you always will be at a certain level and a certain level of eliteness as a player. So obviously you play in the NBA for a long time. You know the ins and the out of the game. What's the biggest piece of advice that you give your son? Well, the biggest advice I can give him as far as just life or basketball? Basketball or both. Uh, well, the biggest thing you want to do is stay focused at what you want to become. Stay focused at that. Stay away from drugs. You know, there's a there's so many temptations with the music, you know, making drugs look cool and celebrating being a junkie nowadays about how many pills you can pop and how much syrup you can drink and all of that. So stay focused at your craft, stay away from drugs, and, and, and stay clear of drama and snakes, you know. And I think that applies if you're in the world of basketball just as much as life, maybe even more because being in the spotlight, you'll have a lot more snakes and a lot more people trying to latch on and be a part of what you're doing. For sure. We're talking to former NBA player, 
Gary Trent, who's better, Gary Trent Sr. or Gary Trent Jr.? Uh, my son's skill set is way better than mine ever was, and I and I specifically trained my son so that he would be like that. You know, I was about six seven, and at my height, I maybe should have been a two or a three. But you know, I didn't have any player development. I didn't have you know, my dad wasn't in my life, or nobody was training me as a child. So I was just a great, strong, explosive athlete, and that's really what I survived on. You know, I played three years of high school, three years of college, and I went to the league. Before my 10th grade year of high school, I never even played on a basketball team. I never even played with officials, referees, or nothing. So I just stumbled into basketball, whereas my son has been training, you know, for this moment his whole life. You know, my son is 18. How many 18-year-olds do you know that have had, out of 18 years of life, 13 years of professional player development work? Right. That's huge. So that's most definitely you. You know, so I would say my son is better than me, and he's supposed to be, and that's how I want it to be. I want him to be better than me in every phase of life. Whether however good I can read at ten years old, son, I want you to be that good at seven or eight. Whatever my math was at ten years old, I want you to be that good at seven or eight. So my son should be better than me, and I want him to be all my children. So let me ask you this: I mean, we we got Levar Ball out here, you know, you know, the father <laughs> Ball. I mean. He talks a lot. You know, he talks a whole lot. How do you – I mean, you guys are in similar situations in, in some respect. But how do you view uh-huh. LeVar Ball? <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> um, how do I view him, really? You know, when I see him on TV, it's humor. You know, it's humor, you know. I, I, would, I would just leave it at when I see it on TV, it's humor. <laughs> I see. You're laughing a lot. <laughs> Could he be you know, he loves one-on-one? his kids, man. You know, he he, he he loves his kids. And, you know, I, I get what he's doing. You know, maybe there could be a little smoother and more articulate way to go about it. But, you know. That's, you know, everybody do their thing a certain way. So, you know, I, I, it's humor, though, but, you know. <laughs> Can he beat you one-on-one? Could he, <laughs> could he beat me a one-on-one? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? As of right now, I don't, I don't hoop. I just I just lift weights, man, and do some cardio, you know. So I, he, he might give me a one-on-one. You know, okay. I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be the one-on-one Gus Macker champion anymore. Not at my age. I'm done with that. So if he wanted to beat me in one-on-one, he could have it. Now, if we could do want to put it on pay-per-view and we go out there for some money, I'm all for that too now. You know, ball dad versus Trent dad, and we do some pay-per-view money. I'm all for that. <laughs> We're talking to former NBA player Gary Trent Sr. So, Gary, your life, man, I mean, wasn't easy. You know, you had a drug-addicted mother. You know, your father went to jail for drugs. Ultimately, you sold some drugs as well as a child. But you got through it somehow, some way. How did you make it? How did you break the cycle? Man, I I, I really, my high school coach got me focused on academics because really I was never in the academics. And once I removed myself, well, once I was removed from the city, you know, I lived so far out that, it was a change of environment. You know, everything was still in me about being who I was and what I was trying to do, but the change of environment didn't allow me to act out. You know, when I come out my front door, 
living at my mom's house, there was the strip, there was the corners, there was everywhere I could be. You know, when I moved way out with my aunt, there was no strip, there was no corners, there was no avenue to where the people rolled up and customers hung out. So the change of environment saved my life at that point in time. And I ended up at a high school where, you know, my superintendent, Mr. Counter, uh, my high school coach, Coach Cotner, and uh, our athletic director, Mr. Begro, they kind of wrapped their hands around me. And, you know, they wrapped their hands around me really before I even really was any type of big-time guy, you know. You know, they schools didn't recruit me. They kind of contacted schools and let them know, hey, we have a kid here who has some potential. He's got some baggage, but, you know, he's got some potential to be something. So they kind of, you know, propelled that situation for me because they saw what I could be before I even knew what I could be. So thank God for them guys. (laughs) For sure. I got to ask, I mean, you know, obviously going through what you went through, there had to be some scars. I mean, how did you work through those scars? Well, most scars heal, you know, over time. And, you know, the relationships with my family and, you know, my mom and dad, all that stuff heals. And as you get older and you have an understanding of life, you know, just like, you know, my dad first came home and, you know, I accepted him and I, you know, had him in my life. And, you know, people would ask me, you know, why would you let your dad be around you? Or why would you let him be in your life when he wasn't there all your life? And like I had to tell people, you know, my dad didn't walk out of my life. My dad was taken away. And until he was taken away, he was there. So there's a difference. My dad wasn't like a, a deadbeat who got my mom pregnant and ran off and I never knew him. He was in my life until he was taken out of my life. So being taken away, I can forgive you because I understand what you were doing for us. So, you know, over time, pain heals and scars heal, and you just move on. And, you know, once you focus on something that you're trying to do with yourself, that's what helps heal the pain. You know, once you start having some – when your life is very, very dark, and then you start doing things that shed light on it, like going to school, graduating from high school, graduating from college, going to the NBA, traveling the world, seeing life – it pulls you away from the darkness. You don't forget it. You know it's there, but it pulls you away from the darkness to where you can start seeing light and then start enjoying life and enjoying the world. For sure. So I got to ask you this. You know, you played in the league for a long time, and recently we've been hearing a lot of talk about guys resting, you know, guys taking games off. How do you feel about the issue? I mean, everybody – has a different way of going about their recovery, man. You know, you know, people ride LeBron super hard for that and whatnot, and probably they ride him super hard because he's the biggest face of basketball on the planet right now. But there was guys resting just last night for other teams, and they're not making it headline news. You know, think about this, man. If LeBron goes to six straight finals, when you look at all those post games, that he's played in the playoffs and you look at the amount of minutes he's lost throughout the season and throughout the playoff in a six year span, LeBron might put together eight seasons or eight and a half seasons worth of minutes. Think about a guy who plays 24 minutes a night. That means in six seasons at 24 minutes a night, this guy's playing a half a game, so in six years, yeah, he's got six years under his belt, but he might have only played three seasons worth of minutes. Okay. You yeah, know, that's... people not looking at that. So 
when that guy's played three seasons worth of minutes in six years, but LeBron has played maybe eight and a half seasons worth of minutes in six seasons, people aren't looking at that. Right. You know, so for them guys that want to take shots at people resting and whatnot, people rest. And the thing is, they're just being real about it now. I've seen guys rest, but they might, you know, put it on the injury report as back spasms, you know, right. or flu-like symptoms. That's some rest. But, you know, now guys are just saying, hey, rest, he's tired. You know, being tired, being beat down is no different than, hey, your back is spasming, probably because you're tired and you're beat down, right. you know. So, you know, well, pe- pe- people don't understand it. You you walk them shoes and you play as many seasons and many minutes and you go through the intensity and be involved in pick and rolls and bumps and bruises going to the hole as much as LeBron, you might be taking some rest too. <laughs> So you are I mean, an Ohio it's, it's, guy. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not just saying that because I'm an Ohio guy. I'm just saying it because I understand going through them bumps and bruises, right. how it can be. You know, I used to I used to sit there and watch Kevin after he had to play 46 minutes on Monday, 44 minutes on Tuesday. And then, you know, it, it, it wears you down. Kevin's a warrior, and no, you know, Flip used to have arguments with Kevin about sitting out because he's going to play 46 minutes Monday. 44 minutes Tuesday, and then on Wednesday at practice, he's trying to win the scrimmage. Right. <laughs> you know, Flip's like, no. So, you know, I, I've seen guys fight through it, but people aren't looking at the, the wear and tear. You know, LeBron in his 13th or 14th year, you know, he, you weren't hearing this rest stuff when he was in his second or third or fourth year. You know, the average when I came into the league, the average NBA career lasted three years. So when you see a guy sitting here playing 14 years of intense minutes, of 25 points or better every night, of of six or seven rebounds or more every night, having to be on the floor to lead his team every night, man, it, it wears on you, and if not physically, mentally. So how do you see the Cavs at this point? I mean, at this point, you know, the other night they went into Boston and they sent a message to Boston. They told Boston, like, look, the Cavaliers are still the best team in the Eastern Conference. But how do you view this team? I mean, you know, man, that's one game at a time. Let me get, let me tell you something funny. So we were playing Golden State in Portland on a Friday night. This one, they had Spreewell on the whole lineup. They came into Portland. You know, me, Rashid, you know, we beat these guys by 40 in Portland. I mean, we was blowing them out. I mean, trying to dunk the ball with 10 seconds left in the game, just running up the score on them. Up, beat them by 40 in Portland. Got up Saturday, did a walkthrough in Portland, a little shoot around, flew up to Golden State. Sunday, Golden State beat us by 38 at Golden State. So, I mean, the same same guys with no game in between, and they turned around to beat us by 38. So, man, on any given night, anybody can be clipped. You know, people want to make it, oh, they sent a message and this and that. No, every time you step out on the court, you should be trying to send a message because nobody's stepping out on Monday night saying, uh, we're not going to really send a message. We can take tonight off and lose this game. And But tomorrow on Tuesday, we need to come out and send a message. It's a message every night. And if you're not trying to send a message every night, somebody's going to eat you up because there's always somebody in a different stage of their career within this game. you got the veterans who are on their way out. you got the mid-level guys who are in the midst of their middle of their contracts. And you got the young guys who are trying to make a name for themselves. So the night that you decide to step out on the court and not send a message, you're going to encounter somebody at a stage in their career where they're going to try to make a point to you. So every night is a message. It's not just, they came into Boston and wanted to send a message tonight. No, you got to send a message every night. (laughs) So ultimately at the end of the day, you see the Cavaliers going back to the NBA finals. 
I see the Cavaliers going back to the finals in the East, you know, because y'all come off the championship and you still right in the mix. You know, if you're the number one or two seed off the championship, what has anybody done to dethrone you? What has anybody done to expose you? Nobody exposes the Cavaliers. They expose themselves when they just decide some nights we're not going to be in rotation and communication and play hard on D. Because the nights that they decide to do it, 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 it looks like, whoa, the championship Cavaliers. So mm-hmm. it's just the nights that you decide to do it, it works, and the nights you decide not to. Think about this. I was coaching with the Timberwolves last year, and the league, you know, Golden State was going to break the record that night. It wasn't a scheduled TNT game. We fly into Oakland. They make it a TNT game because that could have been the night for them to break the record. We come into Golden State, non-playoff team, young guys, Minnesota Timberwolves, beat Golden State. So what, what, what was that? And then they turn around and break the record on San Antonio on TV. Right. So, you know, any given night, man, anybody could be clipped. It's not about we're going to send a message tonight and then tomorrow. We're not. Every night is a message. It's 82 games, and you better bring it every night, every possession, every minute, because somebody will embarrass you. You don't want to sit there and be in Devin Booker's 70-point highlights. You don't want to <laughs> be in Kobe's 80-point highlights. I mean, you just don't. Right. We're talking to former NBA player Gary Trent. Go ahead. You know, when a, when a guy breaks a record, every time they show that bucket, every every time they show Jordan in Utah, you see Byron Russell at the end of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that highlight when Bo Jackson come around the corner and run you over because you're forever there. So <laughs> you got to send a message every night. Who's your MVP? I mean, Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double. James Harden putting up big-time numbers himself. Who is your MVP? If I had to vote, I'd vote for Westbrook, man. I mean, people want to call it he's padding stats. Well, if it's that easy to pass stats, why not everybody else doing it? And if that's the case, if he's padding stats, why nobody else has done it? Did nobody else figure out how to pass stats? No. That's trying to discredit him, and that's hate. That man out there doing something. And the reason I would give it to him over James Harden I mean, James Harden's having an unbelievable season, but, you know, James Harden is leading the league in double-doubles. Westbrook is second behind him in double-doubles, but you also averaging a triple-double. And if you remove Westbrook from OKC and you remove James Harden from the Rockets and let them play each other, I think the Rockets are a better team. For sure. I agree. The Rockets are a better team. And and plus his history. I mean – He's doing something that we didn't think anybody could ever do again. That has to no. – you have to be the MVP. Let me tell you something bigger than that. The way Russ is doing it, it almost looks like he's mastered it to the point where I can see him doing it next year. Like, you don't get this many triple-doubles without understanding how to do it. You know, first off, you get the rebound. Then you push it coast-to-coast. And you have the ability to attack the rim or find somebody. So once you get the rebound and you start going as the point guard, that's part of his formula right there. That's why he gets so many rebounds because once he starts that, you know, he's going to be able to get those assists. You know, you got to look at it. In four quarters, all he needs is three assists per quarter. Three assists per quarter. All he needs is three baskets per quarter. So if he gets three baskets per quarter, that's six points a quarter. You know, he's going to get to the foul line. There goes 24 points. Some of them are going to be threes, some and ones to the hole. So that's a minimum of 24 points right there. You get you three assists per quarter, that's a minimum of 12 right there. He get him two, three rebounds per quarter, you know, they're going to, they're going to come his way. So 
he's he's mastered that formula by understanding his minutes, his rotation, and coaches letting him go because OKC is only going to go as far as Westbrook pushes them. For sure. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, I, I look mm-hmm. at the 2004 Timberwolf, that Timberwolf team, Timberwolf team, I should say, that that team that got to the Western Conference Finals and and gave the Lakers, you know, a lot. They, they gave them a run for their money. You guys gave them a run for their money. Looking at that team, how do you view that team? That was probably your best chance to win a title. I really believe if Sam Cassell had been healthy, we would have won. We would have beat the Lakers. You know, we lost our four general. And, you know, Troy Hudson did a great job and whatnot, but as you move up that playoff ladder and you get closer to that championship, you need to be clicking on all cylinders and you need everybody to be in sync. You can't get to the playoffs and lose one of your team's best players and still survive. It's just almost impossible. Definitely. Definitely. You guys had you guys had something special that year. You really did. I mean, Spreewell, Cassell, obviously KG. You, you had something. Oh, yeah. It was very special, man. It was a very special moment. And, you know, every championship team, they always have this special energy and synergy throughout the team. You know, you know, guys like each other. Guys want to be around each other. Guys like to go out to eat together. Guys are in sync. It, it, it just You have to have that type of energy on the court and off the court. You rarely hear teams win championships when they don't like each other, they don't want to practice with each other. They don't want to work with each other. So it, it takes a special chemistry to, uh, to, to really, to really make something possible like that. Definitely. We're talking to former NBA player, Gary Trent. So what is Gary Trent up to today? Man, you know, uh, I'm in Portland right now. My son has a game tonight. It's going to be on ESPN2 at 7 o'clock West Coast time. You know, he's playing in the Hoop Summit. And uh, personally, you know, I have three other children, you know, a 9-year-old, 5-year-old, 4-year-old, all boys. So, you know, I, I, I'm training them in sports. And uh, as far as my, my life, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm a behavior interventionist at a middle school. Okay. All right. So you're doing some big-time things, man. That's that's very important, doing some big-time things within the community, which is good. Kids oh, yeah. need to see a lot I've of I've been doing it for many years, though, man. Okay. I've been doing it for many years. It, uh, I got involved in it because, you know, when my son was playing sports, I always had to keep kids on the weekends because I just knew their parents weren't going to have them. You know, when you got an 8 o'clock game on a Saturday morning, you have to understand when when a kid goes to school, when a kid goes to school, and his mother is uh when his mother is used to the school feeding him breakfast and feeding him lunch nine times out of ten, that mother is not used to getting up and having that kid organized in the morning. So I already know how that's gonna work. So I have to uh get that kid on a Friday night, keep him, get him organized and whatnot. And, you know, I started keeping kids all the time on the weekends and started doing it at my son's school when he was in elementary and then it just turned into me getting involved in that. And then it turned into a job, man. So really I, I transitioned into it and I have four sons. So it, it's, it's not even really like a job to me. And it's kind of like being in the league, you know, when you enjoy what you do 
and you love what you do, you don't look at it as a job because it's not, you know, it has its moments to where you're stressed, but when you enjoy what you do, it doesn't really feel like a job because you're enjoying it. For sure, for sure. So, fans, make sure you check out this man's son, Gary Trent Jr., out there on ESPN. Check this man out and, and support all the great things going on with Gary Trent Sr. and Gary Trent Jr., the Trents, doing some big-time things. Gary, absolute <laughs> pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. I appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. Sure. Anytime. Maybe, uh, maybe you know, maybe you hit me up, man, and get my son on the air. For sure. Let's do that. Okay. Reach out to me and just we'll coordinate. Let me get, let's get him a date. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you, sir. Gary Trent, senior, former NBA player, doing it big right now with his son, you know, and obviously doing it big in the community, which is important. You know, doing it big in the community, doing it big in the NBA. I mean, all those things are important. Pleasure talking to him. I want to thank Gary Trent Sr. for stopping by. Also want to thank uh, Kenny Cannon for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter, at GoForItCant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on the website, GoForItCantSports.com, where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. That's what we do here. We talk a lot of sports, and we have a lot of fun doing it. That's what we're about here, man. Sports is fun. And that's what we do. Also, 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 we at Go Forward, you know, you can, you can hear our show here at blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. You can hear the show here, but also you can hear the show on SF Tunes Radio each and every Thursday. At 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's SF Tunes Radio, where you can listen to this show and other. Make sure you get over there. SF Tunes Radio. Get over there. Listen to this show. If you happen to miss it at 7 o'clock on Fridays. Make sure you go over there and listen to it on Thursdays at 5 o'clock. For everybody, here go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. We hope that your life is good. See you later. Take care. Bye.